Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a mental health professional, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional on the Still Trippin' podcast. This is the Still Trippin' Podcast. I'm your host, David Kozlowski. And with me, I got some very, very special guests. But before I get into announcing my guests, I want to let you guys know that everyone that's listening to this podcast, just know that before we get in deep to this podcast, we are going to be talking about some real stuff, some sensitive things for some people. Um, This podcast is a spinoff of a nonprofit organization that I founded um, almost nine years ago now called Quit Trippin'. So Quit Trippin' is basically, it's a social support group hangout for youth here in the Salt Lake City area to help them connect with other youth going through difficult life circumstances. Um, it, it could be family struggles, uh, boyfriend-girlfriend relationship problems, um, drug addictions or self-harm, basically anything that young people might be dealing with that could cause them stress, anxiety, or just hard times in their life. These are social hangouts where they come, they get together, they talk about the stuff they got going in their life. And how we came up with the name Quit Trippin' many years ago was a bunch of the teenagers came to the group and we were doing the group for about a year. And every time after the group, they would say things like, man, this group is so cool because we come here, we talk with other teenagers from other schools that we've never met before. And we find out that after we get on talking to all these teenagers, we go home and all this stuff we we're tripping out on when we came in, we just kind of quit tripping. And so when I asked them or when I told the kids, I said, hey, listen, I'm going to turn this into a nonprofit organization. Um, what would you guys like the name to be? And it was very obvious that everybody wanted the name to be quit tripping. So we picked quit tripping way back in the day. And then when I told all the youth, um, now fast forward nine years later, I told them all that we're going to be doing another podcast or we're going to be doing a podcast that's going to be kind of a spinoff of our nonprofit. And it was going to be hosted by me and uh, featuring all different teenagers from all different walks of life. I asked them to throw in some names and some ideas of what would be um, a great title for the podcast. And we put out um, uh, uh, a survey <laughs> and it came back that the name that they wanted drum roll, still tripping. I bust up, started laughing because nine years ago it was quit tripping. And now it's like, dang, man, we're still tripping. (laughs) And so for me, it's a great honor to be here with a couple of the active group members right now. These are young people in the mean streets of social life. That's Instagram and Snapchat. Those are mean streets. And uh, But no, I, I picked two very specific people, a young man by the name of, we're gonna call him Chico, because if we give him his real name, there'll be so many girls following him on social media. I'm just kidding. Don't let your name, don't let you get your head get too big. But uh, Chico is my first young man here on the podcast. And I get Charlie. <laughs> Charlie is the very first female on our podcast. And so together, they are going to kick off the show. The very first episode, Still Tripping Podcast. Charlie and Chico. Charlie, let's start with you. Welcome to the show. What's up? Hello, how are you? I'm doing very good. Very good. good. Get a little bit close to Mike. There we go. And Chico, my man. What's up? 
So now, j- just for everybody to know, what are your ages right now? Chico, how old are you? 17. I'm 18. So we got real-life teenagers. We took them out of the zoo, and we're going to be uh, analyzing them. I'm just kidding. We're going to be talking with them right now. And one thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about and just kind of get some of your thoughts about is a long time ago, how I met these young people was through the Quit Trip and Support Groups, a.k.a. Social Hangout, Social Support Groups. We have lots of different names for it. And both of them had a very unique experience the very first time coming to these social hangouts. And I want to take a few minutes just to kind of hear from both of them, like what, what that experience was like and why you would think that this podcast right now in 2019 is going to be something that can give teenagers a very similar experience that you had when you first came to Quit Trippin'. And I'll let them tell you a little bit more about their experience and how Quit Trippin' works um, so that you get a better understanding of not only what they went through, but also what they think other young people need right now and also what other young people are looking for right now. So, Charlie, why don't we go and start with you because I know you really wanted to go first. Yep, definitely. Really, really <laughs> I'm just wanted kidding. To. Charlie, before we start here, it's like, hey, to, to kind of get us relaxed yeah. for the podcast because this is their first time doing a podcast. We did like a little fake like body wave, like we're break dancing. Yeah. And Charlie's like, I don't know how to break dance. I'm like, you don't know, how to, you don't have to know how to break dance to just throw a little body wave going on. Got us a little <laughs> loosened up, and I could tell she's a little bit nervous. So I thought we'd just break the ice and have you go first, okay? Gee, thank you for You're that. You're very welcome. So tell us a little bit about quit tripping and. What you think the youth are going through right now? Let's see. Um, you want to know about like my personal experience with quit tripping? Yeah. My first. Um, yeah, because you just came to group because you had nothing better to do, yeah, right? As yeah, a weekend at her? Yeah, I just like got really bored with my life and decided to go to a therapy group, just like most other people would do. In their but life. it's not therapy. <laughs> no, it's not. But it kind of has the same effect as like good positive therapy. Like if you've ever been to a group therapy that was good. We call it therapy, group therapy minus the therapy. Yeah, basically. So, what, so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how your life ended up with you wanting to go talk to a bunch of strangers? Because at that time, when you first came into group, um, it wasn't something that you were thinking, hey, you know, I just want to go talk to a bunch of random teenagers from other high schools and expose all the things I got going on in my life. Yeah, it's definitely something I wanted to do. Um, She's being sarcastic. You just can't see her smile. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. My first experience with Quit Trippin, I went there, and I was in freshman, my freshman year in high school. And I don't know. I went there, and I didn't really want to go. I was like, why would I want to go talk to a bunch of random people I don't know? when I already don't like talking to people in general. (laughs) So I went there and, you know, it's just like, it was really a different experience. I just felt like I was going there and just like, I, like instantly I didn't feel alone anymore. I went there and there was just like a different kind of connection. I went there and I was just able to, you know, I guess be, show a side of me that I don't really show very often and feel, uh, feel supported you know, by people my own age group, which is something I never thought I'd find because usually it's, like, the opposite. You know, I'm, like, walking through the halls in high school and it's, like, kind of the opposite. You don't feel connected with anyone around you. You kind of feel judged. Um, I don't know. That's just how I was. And, you know, people my age scared me. And then all of a sudden I went to quit trip and I'm, like, who are these aliens? <laughs> like, <laughs> So it's kind of mine, you know, my, like, 
me being like this shy little f- insecure freshman and like going and being asked to go um talk to people my age you know it was kind of a step for me but once I went there it's like changed the game for me it really like put my life in a different direction from that moment so <laughs> yeah I, I think you did a really good job of kind of explaining like you know who are these aliens because when you first walk into the room you know Chico I'll have you say it like when you walk in the room does everybody look alike no no it's very diverse. not at all so why don't you give us a quick little like what was your what was it like for your first experience coming there um I walked in there with like a mindset of I don't need this. I do not need to be here. And I sat down and people started talking and I was like, I realized that I put a mask on that's like, I'm macho, but really I'm like crying on the inside. There's a little girl banging on the closet doors, you know? And um, through that whole experience, it was like, it opened up new doors for me and new opportunities for me to really push my depression as far down as possible and just be happy with people that love and trust me. And that's mainly when I walked into Quit Trip and what I saw and felt from everybody. So when you guys heard me say about, because when we came up with the name Quit Trip in many years ago, when you heard me describe the name, do you think that is a good description? Like you get there, you're tripping out all the stuff in your head, yeah. and then next thing you know, you're like, <laughs> Damn, like I'm not the only person that's tripping on this. Yeah, that's exactly kind of how it went for me. I was like, I'm not the only one that struggles with emotions that tries to hide it. I was like, you know, it's like. And with everybody looking different, I I call quit tripping groups. It's kind of like the um, the equivalent of like the teenage Noah's Ark, where you get two of everything. You know, get like. Two like kids that look like they play sports, like jock kids, and you get like two skater kids, and you get like two emo kids, <laughs> and like you get like two like you know, like the little thuggish kids, and then you know when you get them all in a group together, even though everybody is like, you could tell it's like this is a perfect example of like the group, the social groups at one school, but then what happens in that hour and a half or two hours from when you first walked in, you saw all the differences. What happened when you left? Like, did you see the same differences? Did people look like they're from different groups or did it look like people just happened to dress differently but all were coming from a similar place? Um, I actually started to look at my friends a lot differently that I had in high school. And I could actually see a lot of the people that I went and met at Quit Trippin' and I could see a lot of the same people like at my school, and then I would start getting more involved with more people, creating more relationships, and Quitrippin has just blown up my social game a lot. Like I wasn't before Quitrippin, I was, I wasn't in a good place. I was locked up on Christmas, and after that, it's just literally I, not figuratively. Yeah, no, literally locked up on Christmas. Like I know that's a song. It's a really good song, Is but it? yes, it's called Murder <laughs> on My Mind. Oh my gosh. It's a good song. But I, I was locked up and when I got out, I my dad was like, I want you to try something. And I was like, okay. And he's like, there's this thing called Quit Trippin'. And I know this guy, Olama. And I was like, I've heard of him. 
And he was like, because he's there's a sports this... broadcaster for exactly. Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. And he was like, there's this thing called quit tripping, and I want you to try it out. And I was like, okay, fine. Will you give me my phone back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you say like that? I did. I did, and I got my phone back. <laughs> yeah, Sam Chico's really into bargaining, so he he saw that as an opportunity for him to maybe you know get some freedom back. Exactly. Of that. Get a good deal yeah. going. <laughs> And um, I've surrounded myself with a lot of good people now. I'm not where I was at a year ago. And Quit Trippin' has completely changed my views on my own life and what I can do to really take it on. And from what's been going on in today's world, it's people really need to start speaking about everything that's happening instead of pushing it down and hiding it. What do you think about what he said, Charlie? Can you relate to some of what he talked about? I can relate a lot to what he was talking about um, in the sense that, like, um, when he first began talking about it, he started um, talking about how when he first went to group, there was, like, you know, the two of everything. And, like, for me, when I first went there, they'd be, like, I'd see this, like, hood person, you know, talking to, like, this, like, goth, you know, like, completely all black, you know, wearing chains person. I'm like, you know, these are polar opposites. What are these two people, you know? They would never be talking about hallway school. You know, I walked in and I was like, again, like, what is happening? What what did I just walk into? Does it kind of make you curious too? Like, wait. Yeah, well, that was my instant. I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah. that's Some like weird, like space-time continuum. Yeah. Spider, like multiverse thing going on. Exactly. I I, like walked in and like, how, how could this even happen? You know, like, you know, I feel like everyone just kind of has their people. Everyone has their clique. You can look at people and you can kind of like, oh, that's a jock. You know, people like to like group people, you know, you know. But um, for me, when I went, you know, and I saw all these different like, you know, so much diversity. Everybody was just getting along and like everyone's just on the same level. You know, everyone's just, you know, connecting and it's just like something I wasn't used to and it's something I wanted to get more of and it really just caught my interest almost immediately. Um, so, yeah. You know, when you guys are saying this, it makes me think is I remember very vividly your first time, Chico. I definitely remember your first time, Charlie, because <laughs> your call, well, first of all, Charlie really did not want to come. No. <laughs> See, I knew Charlie through mutual like family friends and stuff mm-hmm. and so that's how you heard about it. I didn't know Chico at all. I just knew that my friend Alema Harrington I knew your mom or knew someone and he told them about it. Like, you got to go to my boy Kaz. Kaz is me. That's what most of my friends refer to me as. And so when you showed up, I didn't even know what to expect. Like, I knew a little bit about you, Charlie. And if you remember the very first time you came, we did this thing with music. Mm-hmm. And I do. it was, uh, I'll, I'll have you tell the story. But what we do for all of our listeners out there is, most people know that music is what feelings sound like. So everybody has these vibrations. I mean, everything is made out of vibrations, sonic vibrations. Like everything is a frequency of some sort. And I'd always found out that it was interesting to me that you could listen to an artist, you could connect with their lyrics, you could connect with the, the vibrations of the song. And then instantly you felt like that was like your long lost friend. Like, oh, I know them, they know me. And I think that's why people get so obsessed with artists that they like because you feel like that's your best friend. They just haven't met you yet, 
right? Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, they, we would be best friends if we met, right? And so what we do with this thing at Quit Trippin' is I'll have, and we do different variations of this, but I'll have the teens come in. If I see that they're all in different places, I'll be like, all right, pull out your phones. Sometimes we do like pick pick your hype song, pick, pick your hurt song, um, or, you know, pick a song that describes your week. And a lot of a lot of young people there will just pick a song. They'll say their song, and if we have enough time, we'll play like the chorus of it. And instantly, when you hear someone's song, you'll see people go, "Ah, oh, I know where they're at." Like you can tell from a second. The person didn't even say a word, and this is really good for new people like you. And because you're so nervous, you didn't know this time. I actually chose to do that that night because. I don't know if I can get this girl to talk is what I'm thinking. Because of me? Yeah. Because okay. I knew if I if we did something music because you love like yeah. play piano Most music. definitely. I'm like, oh, she'll be hooked. She can't not <laughs> talk if we talk about music. So why don't you go tell her like what that was like when you first came in and what song kind of hit you and made you ball and cry and all that stuff. Um, I remember two songs in particular. There is um one song called um Unwell. I think that's the I think that's the title of it. It's like I don't know, I remember hearing that song and the words go, I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. I know that right now you can't tell. And like that like that that sentence right there, the chorus, you know, hit me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it was like, that is me. And then um it just like gave me like a big boost of confidence. Like I like it's crazy how like just hearing one sentence in a song can just make you feel so not alone. Just like literally a couple words put together can change your emotions like that that kind of like is mind-boggling for me but like that like those couple you know sentences um kind of just gave me a little boost of confidence because it's like I know I'm not gonna be you know you know I might be a little not myself right now not on my A game right now but like it's not gonna be like that forever so that you know that song hit me in a positive way um and then the other song was um the See You Again by Charlie Puth, I believe. Oh, yeah, Wiz Khalifa, of course. Wiz Khalifa is fantastic as well as Charlie Puth. Um, and, I mean, just with some things that I was going through in my life around that time when that song first came out, like, <laughs> I remember hearing that song and just sitting and seeing these um, people my age around me and just, like, feeling so connected, but then also just, like, I don't know, I started to cry... And, like, I felt comfortable crying in front of people for the first time because I was, like, I'm not the only one in this room that's hurting. And this is, like, the one place I feel like I'm finally allowed to show it without judgment. And, and you like, didn't apologize for crying because no. since I've known you in other situations, if you start to cry or show emotion, a lot of people do this. They'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. And at that moment when you're crying because <laughs> when, by the way, how this works, everybody goes around and plays a song and then you notice that you're listening to other people's songs and you're crying, but it's their emotions you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And so when you were listening to that song, you started crying, but you weren't apologizing because everybody else was like feeling the same yeah. thing with you. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Chico. What's up? <laughs> when you sit there and, and you think about now that you've come to group a, a lot of times, right, for a whole year. Um, you talked about how you leave group and you start to see some of those same, I don't want to say characters, but some of those same people in your own life. Like most people have told me they come to group and you'll hear people say this. They'll go, you remind me of my one friend. Mm -hmm. And all yeah. of a sudden you start to go. So a lot of times in social cliques or in social groups, specifically in high schools, 
we have a tendency to see a person and generalize that person very quickly. But what some people have told me privately that come to the groups, they'll say like, usually if I'm around, for example, like, um, like I remember this one young man, he, he, he saw himself as being very passive, not very masculine in his own words. And then he said, right when I walked in and I saw some guys who were big, who were strong, the typical like type of jock guys at my school seemed really confident. I instantly wanted to cower and I wanted to run out of the room. But then as the group started going on, those same guys that I was scared of and intimidated by in high school, they started to open up and share things that it was like they read my diary. This young man said he was saying, having the exact same experiences as some of these young men that he thought were way more masculine than him. Sometimes these, and I'm doing the air quotes, these masculine guys started to cry, get emotional. So for him, he felt it was very healing. I remember the way he phrased it was, a lot of these people that have hurt me in high school, they're in this group, but I'm seeing the real version of them in this group. What most people heard the saying, hurt people, hurt people. And so he started to make the connection. Oh, that's why these guys were acting like this because they'd maybe been abused by their dad at home. So they had to be macho and tough. And so I just want to ask you, did you kind of have a similar experience or can you relate to, to what that young man, the story of what that young man I'm telling you about? Um, when I first walked in, um, I saw a bunch of different people and there were some that I was like, I don't think I could talk to that person because we probably don't vibe the same way. Have nothing in common. Exactly. And it was like sitting down in that chair and all of a sudden things start to get kicked off and we're all talking and then the light starts to come on and get brighter and brighter and brighter. And then you see the true colors of everybody and realize that we're all connected and all the same in some way or not. And if we're connected and open and expressing how we really feel, that's the only way really to bust through that, that wall of how you're really feeling. Like all of my friends that are outside of the group, they're all different. Like, we all play the same video games, but when we're at school, we're just vibing out. Like, there's people that look at look at us and they're like, dang, those guys are weird. But in reality, it's like we've come to the knowledge of what other people think of us is none of our business. It all just matters about what we think about ourselves. You know, I, what you're describing to me, the, the, the words that come to my mind is... A lot of people want to be safe, right? And for good reason, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of dangerous stuff out there. But sometimes safety can go a little too far, where we avoid anything that could make us feel uncomfortable. And when we go through uncomfortable, difficult things, most people know that that's how you gain strength and courage and bravery. Like I heard it said one time, the, the main recipe of bravery and courage is, courage is you first have to be scared to death of something. Because you wouldn't really need to develop any sense of bravery and courage if you weren't scared of something. Mm-hmm. And to take on challenges in life and, and to face your fears, that's outside the walls of safety. And a lot of people have described, and, and I think of this terminology for the groups, is the social Switzerland. Where it's like everybody's got their wars, everybody's got their issues. And for those of you who uh, haven't learned about Switzerland at school, Switzerland is a place where all the countries keep their money. So no one wants to blow up their own bank. So 
there's been this weird agreement. I don't know how long this has gone gone on for, but there's been this weird agreement. By the way, this don't quote me. I'm not a historian on this. That everybody kind of just nobody does any drama at Switzerland. Like there's no drama done at Switzerland. You keep it outside of Switzerland because no one wants to mess with that because they want to keep that place safe. So you go to a safe place usually to heal and to get better. But as soon as you make that deposit, like when people go to Switzerland, they don't safe to put their money in there. But as soon as they leave, they got to deal with all the challenges outside in the world. And I just see like you young people. Yeah, you come to the group. You have a safe place and safe spot. You learn some very valuable things. You heal. You dust off, you know, some of the things that's been plaguing you. Um, You know, you put some, you know, ointment on your wounds. You bandage yourself up and you're back out to your social environment. Charlie, I want to ask you, coming to the group in particular, because that's kind of like the main topic that we're talking mm-hmm. about right now, coming to the group, in what ways did that help you heal so that you could go and take on other challenges that weren't going to be as safe as the group? Because let's face it, this group experience you guys are talking about, the reason why you guys were so blown away by it is because it's very unique. This is not an experience that you're going to find in other places in the world. So how did coming to the group help you have the strength and courage to take on challenges that life was going to throw at you? Because from that first time you came to group till today, you've been through some stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you've been through a couple things. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like when I first went to group, that was something, you know, I, I wasn't pre- like fully prepared to do, you know, like it's, I, I really stepped out of my comfort zone when you asked me to come to group. And, you know, it's been, I think five years since the first time I went to group and, you know, still every time I come to group, it's like, it doesn't get any less surprising, any less thrilling, any less, you know, um, powerful. Honestly, if there's like one word I could use, I would use like powerful, like whether it's just be like the energy when you walk into the room, you know, just like when you, when you, when you hear people speak, it's powerful. When you, when you, see people you know when you see people and see the way they feel when they're communicating to these other people our age you know it's powerful the words people say powerful the way people feel powerful like for me it's just like I went there stepped out of my comfort zone you know for the first time I don't step out of my comfort zone very often I I step in my comfort zone walk out and I walk out of group feeling powerful like it I don't know what it is it just it gives you some sort of different energy like some sort it pumps you up in some different sort of way because it's 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 unlike anything you'll ever find in any other like public situation you know like I don't know there's really just nothing like it and you know taking that first step stepping out of my comfort zone for the first time and doing it in front of people my age and seeing other people my age do it as well it really is just like I learned how to connect with people my age which helped me throughout growing up, like especially through my high school career. Once I learned how to connect with people and communicate with people that I thought no way in heck I'd ever, you know, like try to talk to, you know, I'd, I'd either be intimidated by them or just be like, that's not my kind of vibe, I guess. But um, I don't know, just like going there for the first time, stepping out of my comfort zone initially and, you know, making myself vulnerable for the first time and not being used to that, but doing it anyway, really just helped me do that, you know after that just moving on forward you know so that's it basically but <laughs> no it, just one, walk, thing, you know? one thing that i saw what that i started thinking about when you're saying that thanks for sharing that because it yeah i mean for those listening to this podcast it, it may hard be hard for them to imagine 
that actual experience, but I think most people can connect with when you have great conversations with good friends or people that get you, you don't have to worry about what they're going to say or how they're going to think about you. You can just have an, a moment where you're thinking, they're thinking, next thing you know, you guys come up with better ideas. You walk away from that conversation feeling like you figured something out or you have the courage or the power to go take on new challenges. But it made me think about music too, because and, and this is something I want Chico to weigh in on. Even the great art, the greatest artists, they have the life experiences, they have the pain that is like writing those lyrics of that song in them. But then to put it in bars, to put beats to it, to put the instruments to it, and then record it, like there's a certain blueprint. Not a lot of people out there know how to take those thoughts and feelings, turn them into lyrics, and turn those lyrics into a song, and then get that song out there for people to connect with. So Chico, I bring this up to you because you're into music. You've been doing music for a long time. You produce music. You had a lot of great music on SoundCloud. You've published some music and put it out there to the world. So taking that analogy, right now, what do you think are some ways that people can connect if they can't come to group? Because a lot of people won't even have any idea what we're talking about. And hopefully quit tripping. We can grow the company so everybody can have the experience you guys talking about. But what have you learned from the group that's taught you how to express yourself, create your own music, as I do the air quotes again, mm -hmm. and what can other people do to be able to get their lyrics out and put it into song? Um, what really, really works for me is I just recently rearranged my whole studio and I got a lot of more equipment. And I got like a piano now that I can plug into my laptop and program different sounds to each key. And it's crazy because every instrument, when it's played, I feel like it tells its own story. So if there's an instrument that reaches out to you that you love listening to, take it on and learn how to play it. And that's what I did. I have never played piano, but I got one. And now I know how to play piano. And it, I've only had it for like a month. And... I've been noticing that when I am making a beat or producing a new song, I close my eyes and really just listen to the background of everything. And if you can hear every single sound, that's true connection. And you're, as people say, vibing. You vibe out because the vibrations through the song is the same vibration that you are growing at at the moment. And when you connect with that, it's like, it's a moment where you feel as though this is so cool. This is awesome. And like, whenever, whenever I make a new song and I really feel like I connect with it, I feel like I'll play it through my speakers. I'll turn it up all the way and I'll start dancing to it and I'll get, I'll start doing all sorts of stuff, just listening to it. And that's how I connect with my music, and that's how I really, I, I can't write lyrics. I really, I can't write lyrics. I have tried. I don't know how to write lyrics. But you lyrics. got friends that can, though. Yeah, but everything's just off the top of my head. I close my eyes, I put the headphones on, and I just kind of go at it. And that's, I know that it's pure that way because it's exactly what's on my mind. I can really get out what I'm talking, what I want to get out it's almost like a venting session but it's a story at the same time that people can relate to and connect with 
So basically you're saying each instrument using that metaphor could be like a different person, different relationship in your life. Exactly. And if you like if five different instruments are playing the same chords, the same song, they have different vibrations, but they're all they're all connecting because they're exactly. actually saying the same thing. Yes. That's a really good way of putting it, man. I yeah, I'll start using that from now on because I try to use some analogies like that, but I, I like the way you said that. I, I study music all day, every day. But I mean, I, I think music is a safe thing to talk about because, I mean, music, it's... Something I, that connects everybody. It's something, something that, that everyone's everybody familiar listens with, to. No matter what. Everybody. No matter what, what, where, what, where, when you, like, when you stem from, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. Music is, you know, freaking connects everybody. If there's one thing on this earth that connects... No matter who, no matter where, no matter what, together, it's music. And music, really, I mean, you go to a concert, and you see how many people are there, and you're looking around, it's like, sometimes they all dress the same, sometimes you're like, man, I wouldn't expect them to be at the concert, but it doesn't matter, because you're all focused towards that same stage, you're all looking, exactly. you're all feeling the same thing, it's a shared experience that no one's questioning what the other person next to you at the concert's feeling. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> it's a fun time, time. Like, it's fun i feel like music is the one language that everybody on earth can understand you know like it doesn't matter what what language the actual music is sung in or like or anything it's like even if you don't understand the lyrics you still understand the music like music is literally like l- the one language that no matter what you speak like you still understand yeah i've never heard anyone say let me explain to you what this music feels like yeah it's not needed it's, no you know, you, it's like, like you play it if like latino music anything like that that gets you bumping i don't know spanish <laughs> but i can i know spanish when spanish music comes on yeah, yeah. so when pitbull's rapping you're like i didn't get that second verse but i felt it though yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> no it's true i mean now that you say it, it's like music really is just a, it's a language in and of itself yeah it's its own language that you don't have to there's no there's no numerals involved. There's there's which no Which is why like I'm really It's hard to screw up that connection, yeah. you know? Which is why I think like the first time that I ever went to a group, the fact that you use like that we that we like kept like you know, that that day's group focused on music. Like, especially that being my first time going to group and like fearing connection. I don't know, that that just like put me in the right place. Well, it's the ultimate icebreaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely. And, and music is proven to be everything. Like music, 432 hertz. If you listen to a song with that vibration, it boosts your spirit and your energy up so that you're not stuck in a slump. You're up and happy. And they've done so many different studies on it. And it's just really cool to see what music and vibration really can do. You know, and... and you know, talking about music and communication, you know, most people out there that listen to this might have heard that, you know, I, I work with families and parents and teens, and I'm always trying to get parents and teens to connect. But what I find is really hard is that, like, sometimes moms or dads will say, hey, you know, I had the best intention when I asked little Chico, using you as an example, mm-hmm. when I asked little Chico to, um, to clean up his room or to do his homework, but... If that music is not on the right hertz, not on the right frequency, you could have the best intentions. You could be playing the softest song, like whatever's your like most anti-road rage, like yoga vibe, chill out song. But if you played it full blast, like blaring out of a huge speaker, ain't nobody's going to feel that. 
Like no one's gonna. It's just gonna feel like someone screaming at you, even though the intention was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The vibration, the frequency was way off. Yeah. Most definitely. You know, any little suggestions out there? Um, having come to group for so long and having taken this out into your own life, if you wouldn't mind, um, both of you, I'd like to share a little bit about. You know, you don't have to get into deep about like you know everything you've been through, but some difficult things you've been through and how you use connections and staying connected to people because connection in and of itself is, or I guess the best way to say it after using the analogy we we're just talking about, most people want relationships in their life to be like music, like a playlist that you created. Because if it's one of your favorite songs, you turn that song on, you know how it's going to make you feel. You know to play that hype song when you're about to work out or do something hard. And you know to play that like chill Bob Marley song when you want to just relax and unwind, you know? So for 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 both of you, what's some of the difficult things that you've gone through in your life that you use connection as that language to help you get through those difficult times? Talk to you, John. I don't know. For me, like I don't really understand your question, David. Like what? So out of all the things, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, so out of all the difficult times that you've been through in your life, how have you used connection? Because that's basically what we we're just talking about yeah. with the groups and music. Mm-hmm. It helps you connect with other people. Have you used connection with other people specifically to get through difficult times? Because when you first came to group, you were keeping it all inside of yourself. And yeah. now you've you've learned like you speak yeah. the language of connection yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Does that make more sense? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Okay, thanks for thanks yeah. for asking me to restart. Yeah, definitely. Um so I remember I think it was the first time I went to group. I remember it might have been you stated this or someone else, one of the other group members, but someone said, um, crypt uh connection is a kryptonite to depression, which is like that first of all I love Superman's like Superman reference. First of all, caught me like first second. I was like, "That's my stuff," you know. Clark Kent. Okay, That's I'm right. listening. I'm listening. I'm, That's my I'm picking now. up what you're putting down, right? <laughs> so I don't know. Like I was like, "Connection is kryptonite to depression." Like, what does that even mean? But I was thinking about it. I was like, I mean, I'm not no Superman, but if I can, if I can have a superpower, <laughs> I'm gonna like use that superpower, you know, to for good you know like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a superman myself you know so like i don't know once like i don't know i went through these difficult things you know and in those times i'm like you know this freaking sucks no one likes going through difficult things so when you, you know? say difficult things like when you went to starbucks <laughs> someone got your order wrong one time Is yeah that yeah about? that was probably that's horrible or like mcdonald's yeah. mcdonald's always messing up Damn, McDonald's. Yeah. you ordered a spicy this isn't... chicken sandwich and they yeah. gave you a mcdouble a mcdouble right. yeah so what what type of hard Fries times? Were cold too. What type of hard times are you referring to, Charlie? So, I have a really easy life. My life's pretty much perfect. So uh, it's definitely just <laughs> the Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had a little something <laughs> cut my throat. I don't believe you at all. <laughs> You're not um, believing. We're, we're all messing with her because we know way too much. <laughs> yes. But she's just building up the courage. Um, throw it out there. Yeah. Um. Are we talking about like when I first went to group, what I was going through, or just, just how I've used yeah, connection? Well, no, so mm. what are some of the most difficult times? Because before we start the podcast, for all you listening, you know, I told them, listen, you don't have to say anything, um, but 
every now and then you might want to drop some hints to let people yeah. know that I didn't ask you to come on the podcast because your life has been perfect. And not to say that you've had the worst life or the best life, but I think there's some a couple specific things that you've been through that if you were to say, if you felt comfortable saying, I think everything we've been talking about up to this point would make a lot more sense for people listening. Okay. Well, um, let's see. Some of, I guess, the bigger things that, you know, have really been big battles in my life have obviously depression, anxiety. You know, I don't like talking to people. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting, <laughs> I know, crazy, right? Um, I don't know, I get nervous when I talk, like, in front of people right now. Like, I'm kind of shaky, you know. You're just talking to... And I'm just talking to people I know, you yeah, know. Yeah, so, some people you know, even you know, thousands of people exactly, listen, but continue. Exactly. <laughs> oh, great, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. It makes me feel even better. Yep. Um, yeah, so anxiety, um, depression, um, really just feeling... I felt broken. I, I felt broken. That that was really my... That was really how I felt, and it sucked because I didn't know what to do with that. Like, like I just feel so incredibly broken and just I couldn't see how I could be fixed. I thought I was... I could not be put back together again. You know, I felt like, you know... I was just broken. I can't explain it in any other way, but you know, you know, through through my trials and tribulations, I guess like I don't know, through like depression, anxiety, whatever, what was thrown at me, you know, eating disorders, family drama, school drama, being bullied, stress, you know, whatever it was, just like I never knew what to do with it. Um until I found people my my own age um, that, you know, had been through the same things. I wasn't alone, and maybe, like, maybe I did feel broken, but I wasn't the only one that was, you know, maybe broken. Maybe we could help each other fix. You know, like, I had this newfound hope that, like, you know, I didn't know what to do with me feeling so broken, but then I, I found this group of people that made me want to try to not be broken. Does that make sense? I don't know. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect. And I was giving her a little signals while she was talking. Um, so I got a question for yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. If you could talk to your 13, 14 year old self, or just think of the young girls or just young people that can be listening to this that can relate to what you're saying, being broken. Because, you know, there's one, you know, specific thing that you struggle with a lot. Um, that you haven't mentioned yet, and I, and I know you're I know you're building to it, but you're not. I mean, you know for a fact there's a lot of people having those thoughts and those feelings circle around their heart and their mind, and it comes from feeling broken. Like like when you make a mistake, you're like, oh, I didn't make a mistake. I am the mistake. Yeah, like that type of like dun 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 dun. Yeah. So what would you say to your younger self or anyone listening to this? That feels broken. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Feeling broken is probably the worst feeling I've ever felt in my entire life. And I still get the feeling it doesn't just go away. I don't feel fixed. You know, it's been five years since the first time I went to group. I don't feel fixed. I'm not fixed. You know, like, I don't think I'll ever be fixed. To be fixed, you know, it's like, it's it's okay not to be okay. 
that's all I'm going to say. It's okay to feel broken because that's, you know, you may not think it's normal, but you're not the only one. I know maybe you haven't found the other people that feel broken, you know, that are your age, or it doesn't matter what age group you are, like, you're not the only one. You just haven't found the rest, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Well, there's strength in numbers, right? There's strength in numbers. And you just said, you know, you're not sure if you'll ever not feel broken, but it seems to me that you don't always feel as broken as your as worst times in your no, life or as you're, no, you're used to. Definitely not. And, definitely you know, we're, we're coming to you from here in Utah. That's where we're recording this podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast, you don't know this fact. We're about to share this fact with you. Suicide in this mm-hmm. state and in this country and in our society for young people your age specifically in this state, is the number one cause of death. Yeah. And that doesn't even include all the many people that attempt it, all the many people thinking about it. And so you're really speaking to those people that like you don't have to feel like you're perfect because that may be an unrealistic expectation when you feel broken, but being broken doesn't mean that you, that you can't connect with people. Is that what you're yeah. trying to say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to be this perfect person to make connections. You can be... 100% broken and still make connections, you know, and change people's lives with those connections you make. Oh, something that you and I have talked about, I know, in groups and stuff like that. And then I remember one time you said, like, kind of was a light bulb moment for you is that you can feel that you're broken. You can have a lot of proof that you're broken. And that may not necessarily be the whole entire story and the entire reality. Yeah. You can still have food on your table some friends that have your back, Mm -hmm. some good people in your life, you know, like group and stuff like that. So I like how you're saying like, you can feel this way and you can still do big things. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Chico kind of weighing in on, on, on the same sentiment, you know, same thought. Like if you were talking to the young version of yourself or just all the people listening to this podcast, what's something you'd like to share with them that you've learned about connection that you've learned about, you know, just how to be able to get through the most difficult times in your life. Um, Like share the secrets. Don't keep it a secret. You know what I mean? I mean, like what I kind of did to cope with the way I was feeling is I listened to J. Cole every single day and I had problems <laughs> with my dad. So like at Lesson So 03, that song was bumping in my car every single day, every day. I didn't care who was pulled up next to me. It could be a cop. It could be anybody. I'll turn it up all the way. I'll still do the same thing and I have a great relationship with my dad because what I uncovered was that the lack of connection was we both didn't want to be open with each other. And when I was, I came to clarity of really realizing that to have a true connection with someone, you have to be open and vulnerable to the trust and what could happen in the future. And instead of thinking about what's, what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next, just live in that moment. And if you're having a bad moment, step left, hop out of that one and get in a new one, change the whole attitude and change your entire energy with it too. You don't just have to step left. Like you're sad. No, hop into that. Jump over there. You know, and and I imagine that that was not easy for you to do because it would be easy to say if, if your dad had hurt you or if other people had hurt you, 
the brain really has this natural, you know, fight or flight response where it's like, all right, this person's hurt me. I've tried to be open and vulnerable to them in the past, so it's not going to work again. Even though that hurt and pain may have happened like a year ago or earlier in childhood, are you saying that's like, yeah, you may be scared of doing that, but a relationship like a best friend or your dad, the relationships that you have like real, real time with that person or blood with that person, it's kind of worth just going for it again. Like to keep on trying at it and keep on trying to see different angles or ways you can approach it. Like I said, jump out of it and step left. Because obviously, you know, what you did in the past or where that person was at in the past, it may not have worked then, but you got to try new things to connect. Exactly. And a lot of what I've learned is a lot of the connections that I didn't feel a connection with, it, it wasn't what I had thought it was. So I had assumed that there wasn't a connection here, but in reality, there wasn't a connection over here and the connection that I was focused on the first time was fine. And it just wasn't ready to be obtained yet. And there's like levels, right? Exactly. There's, there's levels of communication and connection. And what I've learned is like, when I connect with someone, um, eye contact is a huge thing. If you're talking to someone and you have eye contact, they're going to look at you like, why is this guy just staring into my eyes? But in reality, it's like, it's a connection right there. Eye contact, what's contact? It's a connection of two things. So just giving eye contact to someone when you're talking to them can open up a new possibility of more vulnerability and choosing in to being in that moment. Yeah, I I think it'd be so cool if we all had, well, cool in some days, not cool in other days, if we had like a video crew following us around oh. and watching us, <laughs> our interactions as we walk by people. Because sometimes we think like, you know, and obviously you guys are growing up in the go the ghosting blocking culture where it's like, oh, I don't like that person. I'm blocking them. I'm ghosting them. And I get it. Sometimes you got to ghost people and block them. But I think it's getting a little bit too much of an easy scapegoat sometimes. It's petty. It's it, petty. Yeah, Sometimes it's a little petty. It's like, well, someone else did to me, so I'm going to do it to them. In the street, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, have you heard things like, well, if they respect me, I'll respect them. You give what you get. Right? But if both people want the other person to respect them first, it's like, well, who's going to go first? Mm -hmm. So if we had a video camera crew following you around on a day and you're watching how you're walking by people, that eye contact, a lot of times we don't realize that we're giving off the vibe that we don't want to connect with someone. Because we're looking down at our phones. That That's definitely one way, you know, and, and I think most young people will admit that, you know, if you're on your phone communicating with your phone more than you're communicating eye contact, you're going to get better at the thing you practice the most. Yeah. And there's no diss like you're bad for being on your phone connecting people versus face to face. You just have more reps on your phone. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> you're just doing that one more often. So I like how you pointed out old school eye contact because at some point when you're asking someone on a date, you may be able to text them and message them or even swipe right. But at some point, you're going to be sitting there at a friend's house, eating yogurt or whatever you're doing, looking like, hey, what's up? <laughs> at some point, you're going to have to look at that person and you may only have one shot to connect with that person. So the more reps you get at making eye contact and, and, and talking to people, the better you're going to get at that. I always suggest people practicing in the mirror, using your phone, like the, like the video camera on your phone. Pretend like you're talking to someone. Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? You know? And you'll see if you're weak at that, 
if you're really insecure, like if you're looking in the mirror and you're trying to pretend you're talking to someone, but all you can do is focus on your your features or something about you you don't like, well, then imagine what someone else is going to see. They're going to see you kind of cringing when you're trying to say hi to them because they don't know that those are your insecurities. So the best way to 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 give an example of this is relationships are like mirrors. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking at someone like, hey, you cool with me to see if you're cool with yourself. And they're looking at you like, hey, why you, why you mean mugging me? And you're like, why you mean mugging me? How many times do guys like they get in that, what's up, what's up, what's up? And the next thing you know, like something happens and then they're like best friends or they become buddies. But there's this weird like, I want this person to make me feel comfortable first. And that eye contact that you're talking about, as long as it's not like a mean eye contact, that can really make people feel comfortable is what you're saying. Exactly. And a lot of my friends, that's how our relationship started. Like we were chilling in the same class and I look over and he looks over at the same time and we just mean mug each other. And then he stands up, he says, what are you looking at? I'm like, something ugly. And then he laughs, walks over, gives me a handshake. We're still buddies now. It's been like four <laughs> years. It's been like four years, like my best friend. And it's just, it's, it's crazy how you can act one way, but sometimes the littlest thing you say can switch up someone's day and there's a laugh right there. Like if I didn't say what I said, there wouldn't have been a laugh and we could have fought right then and there. But you could say something, make someone laugh. You guys could be best friends for the for the rest of your life. You know, this I, I got a last question. We'll wrap it up after this for you guys. So what you just said right there, like that miscommunication, what's your first thought when, when I, I'm going to ask this question? Just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Every single high school in the entire country right now in the United States, when everybody goes to school tomorrow, do you think people are going into school with a... Their number one intention is to keep people away from them or their number one desire is to keep people away from them and have no one mess with them. Or do you think teenagers would prefer actually connecting with people and actually vibing with people while they're walking down the halls? Option B. Vibe. Vibe out. Now, I think the first one, when people say the first one, they usually tell me that something bad has happened to them recently. Mm-hmm. Like they were made fun of. So they're walking yeah, around thinking, yeah, protection, yeah. right? They're thinking everybody's thinking negative about me. But if you just had an easy, like a, just a regular clear, wipe the slate clean, plus re, press redo on the on your social life, you walked into school, whether you've been there your whole entire life in that community, that school, or you're new to that, you'd rather vibe with people and connect with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like relationships are better when there's 31 flavors, not when there's just like one. You got that one group of friends and if they're all busy and they can't hang out, then you're kind of stuck. Like you got nothing to do. But if you got all different types of flavors of friends, like, oh, I'll go have some Rocky Road today. Tomorrow I'll get some Oreo cookies and cream. Like you just hang out with different types of people. So you guys definitely feeling that most young people would rather vibe and connect than have to put up the walls of defensiveness. Definitely. Definitely. yeah. Yeah. Well, tell you what, man, I'm glad I had you guys come on. You guys are not an average bunch. Um, thank you very much. I'm really excited about the Still Tripping podcast. Everyone listen to this. Plan on hearing from these two young people again. Um, some of our upcoming episodes. So you guys right now, you guys are, you know, been coming to the group for over a year. So you're now officially G's of the group. So at the at the quit tripping groups. I was a G after a month that you told me that. You told me that. Too. Hey, I tell everybody that. I'm just kidding. I just want to make you feel comfortable, man. I always feel comfortable. 
<laughs> no, so at our group, we have a little, you know, obviously the name is Quit Trippin' at the group, so we, we like to use a lot of street references. And uh, for people who have been coming, like, for the people that came in the very, very beginning, the original seven, back in 2010... Um, March of 2010, the original seven, we call them OOGs, like the mm-hmm. original, original groupsters. Instead of gangsters, it's original, original groupsters. Then we got OGs, which is like they've been coming longer than five years. And we got Gs, which have been coming longer than, you know, a year consistently. <laughs> she was like, I'm an OG. Oh, wait, yeah, I didn't come consistently. She, she's a little hiatus for a while. <laughs> Point is, there's some real Gs right here in the room. Thank you guys for coming on the Still Tripping podcast. Everyone that's listening to this podcast, Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Snapchat. And uh, we'll be presenting all of our social media handles um, in the near future. But as of right now, it's a Still Trippin' podcast on Instagram and all of our social media handles. So look for that. And until next time, even though you're still tripping, it's all good. <laughs>